the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station, with 24 hours of commercial free programming. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Log on to SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link to support The Green Room. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone, welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on LA Talk Radio. Feel free to give us a call at any point in the program on the Legal Zoom self help hotline. That number is 323 LegalZoom.com. They are the leader in self help legal services, trademarks, patents, wills, LLCs, and corporations. <laughs> they got it all. It's very uh, easy. Yeah, very easy to go on there. You're not going to pay the normal fee of an attorney because you're doing it yourself. You know, like Bob Vila, when he restores a house, he doesn't pay these high-priced contractors. He does it himself. He saves money. He's an intelligent person just like you. And besides the money you're going to save by going to LegalZoom.com where you can can create legal-binding documents in just minutes, besides the money you're going to save by going to LegalZoom, you're also going to save a couple extra bucks by entering green in the referral code at checkout. Like to welcome onto the program my left hand man, Logan Lysico. Logan, thanks for being on the show, man. Salutations, Sean. <laughs> I was a little worried, Logan. I was just now trying to think of like, oh, what have, have I not said before? Right, no, that's what's great about you, Logan. Every time it's a different greeting, every time it makes me laugh, I was a little worried. I promoted the show as Logan Lysico on assignment, but I guess uh, he, he took care of all his business, was able to make the show on time. And I'd like to welcome on his replacement, or the man we were going to have replace him. <laughs> You don't have to sp- pull back the curtain that much. Come on. <laughs> Our special well, guest, Oh, okay. Jacobs. Well, that's how I promoted it on Facebook. So anyone who saw the promotion on <laughs> Facebook or Twitter saw that described it as Logan likes to go on assignment, but filling in for Logan, but not that anyone could fill those shoes. This man has big shoes of his own. Adam Jacobs. Adam, thanks for being on the program, man. hey You know, I'm kinda, I was kind of disappointed when I saw Logan here because I brought my own pin. Because I was gonna do Adam's haiku at the end oh, of the show. Oh man, Maybe stepping we on Logan. Still do that. I was gonna. That sounds I was, interesting. He wanted me to fill in for Logan. I was like, hey, if if someone needs to do haiku, and I'm filling in for Logan, I might as well do it. I brought my green pin. All right, so we'll look, stay tuned for that. Adam is gonna attempt poetry at the end of the program. Adam, last time we were on the show, I uh, I was beating myself up after the show. I felt the show went good, but I was really angry at myself for not bringing up. Your exercise bike. Now you're a man. Yes. A large-bodied man. Yes. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm very heavy. Yeah. Okay. Bones. There you go. You I'm know. Hard to lift. <laughs> very, very massive man. And you decided. All right. Well, first off, you have a gym in your apartment building, but you you don't use the gym. <laughs> Describe to people why you don't use the gym. Besides the fact that you don't like to exercise. Well, it is a whole floor below me. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? And I'll go down there, and there'll be somebody else. It, it's it's I, I'll call it a gym lightly. It's a exercise bike, a treadmill, and one of those like uh, Nautilus machines. You know what I mean? Okay. And so I go down there. It's next to the laundry room, and I'll go down there and I'll be like, oh, I mean, I'll throw a load of lo- load of laundry in, and I'll work out for a half an hour, and then go upstairs, play some video games for 45, and they'll be done. 
Right. And I go in there. There's always somebody on the bike or somebody in the treadmill. I don't want to be working out, sweating next to this dude because I sweat a lot because I don't work out a lot. Right. That's so how I, that's how the formula works. Yeah. So I say, why not just buy my own exercise bike and put it in my tiny, tiny apartment? Yes. Now, describe the apartment to the people at home. How many square foot are we looking at? Maybe 400, 450. Okay. And who else lives in the apartment with you? My girlfriend. And? And my two dogs. <laughs> Okay, so you one, have one who's a 77 pound or 75 pound bulldog who farts very gassy. A so lot. it's it's you, a girlfriend, a very gassy bulldog, an additional dog yeah. in a 400 square foot apartment, and you thought perfect place to throw in a gym, a big bulky exercise bike. Okay, now where'd you get the exercise bike? Online. All right, so not only <laughs> not only were you too lazy to use the exercise bike in your apartment complex, but you're also too lazy to go out and buy an exercise bike anywhere. Yeah, because I went one place and I was like, eh, like they had here, I was like, I'm just gonna get out of here. Then okay. I left and I was like, fuck that, I'm looking online. Okay, so now the exercise bike has arrived. I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, I don't mean to insult you, but have you been using the exercise oh, bike? Oh, I use it a lot because really? I got mad in 2010. And what I tell myself is, if I want to play Madden, I have to ride the exercise bike. So now I ride the bike and play play Madden. How's it working out it's for you? It's fucking awesome. It's like the best, because I don't even think about working out because I'm into the game. Do you know what I mean? I'm sitting there. I really just want to set up a webcam oh, my and just fixate it right on like right on the handlebars, just a webcam, and I could just you know if I'm bored at work, I can just oh Adam's on the exercise bike. <laughs> that would be to funny. just see Adam just sweat pouring down. He's probably got a bandana so he can get really into it, and he's probably sitting there with the Xbox controller. Like it, it, your sweaty. Xbox controller must just be really dripping with sweat. Yeah, it's sweaty. It's like. You know, now, when you play Xbox, do you go online? Do you do you oh, play yeah. other Madden guys? So you're yeah. on there with one of those headphones. Headsets things. on. <laughs> so yeah. now do these talking shit to like a 12 year old kid <laughs> in Iowa? I'm like, I'm gonna stop you, you fucking kid! I feel bad for the the mom of the 12 year old who comes in to kind of monitor what her son's doing, and they just hear the heavy panting of this 32 <laughs> year old guy in Hollywood. What's going on? What, what's with that? So that grown man's heavy breathing. What are you guys talking about? It's it's pretty funny and uh, now no, that's off the scale creepy that you talk to people <laughs> yeah. while getting a full workout while getting a full sweat yeah it's great and and my and Beth the girlfriend was like no you shouldn't get that and so we rearranged the entire apartment so we've had a place to put it and usually it honestly is like a clothes rack for me I just throw my clothes on there when I get home from work or whatever but I do take it out and I ride it. Try to do it every other day. Take least. it out. Now, what do you mean? Where do you st- do you oh, store I, it? I just like store it in this little corner, and then I pull it out and put it in front of the in front of the TV, which is pretty much all of my apartment. It's right. in front of the TV. So very feng shui of you, the exercise bike. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, Adam. We no also no have special guest comedian Raj Desai. You should be uh, should be getting in here any moment. Let's see where to start, man. Tons of stuff to get to. I came across this YouTube clip. And, uh, man, that's what's so great about the Internet. Even old stuff you just will resurface. And uh, this, this clip, it, not to overhype this clip, but it's amazing. It's Nancy Grace. We're all familiar with Nancy Grace. This woman who – now, I'm doing everything I can to try to describe her without using the C word, but this woman is not a nice word. Yeah. woman. And she, she just projects it, and it's just this – condescending sing-songy voice that you know what the subject is okay now this She's is also got this really thick southern southern accent which is not always bad but on her it's right awful. on a sweet it's southern like, bell yeah a, a woman of nice voluptuous woman that's attractive like hey y'all sugar <laughs> but coming from 
A condescending bitch, yeah. It's <laughs> like <laughs> from Nancy Grace. It's just oh, it's so yeah. grindy. You, when when guys complain you about you should learn how to raise your kids. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you yokel. Jesus. Yokel. Like it. <laughs> well, she's kind of educated, but still. All right. So now to set this clip up, this is a the Duke Lacrosse case. She's talking about the Duke Lacrosse case, and she's basically setting up to throw to another guy to f- have some additional information about the Duke Lacrosse case. So this is Nancy Grace. I think this is uh, 2008, somewhere around there. Of course, that we all know that Duke Lacrosse case where this is also important. Turns out that they were innocent, that they hadn't, or I don't know if they're completely innocent, but no charges were filed. The, the women kept having all these conflicting reports. They were basically let go, and it was this big whole thing because everyone assumed, oh, it's these white lacrosse players that are rich. Oh, they must have done these awful things to these poor black strippers. All right, so that that sets this up. I know that there are witnesses that are ultimately going to come forward. And- now, if you're a journalist, okay, now I, I understand I, as a broadcaster, I talk out of my ass, but this is a comedy show. I goof on stuff. Yeah, I, I, maybe, I, maybe I throw words around, okay? But if you're on a news show, I understand it's news opinion, but there is things called libel and slander. You can't just uh, that know that these people are guilty. And name the three men in the bathroom with this girl. <laughs> so, Clark Goldband, uh, what are the stats? Okay, so now she's throwing over to this other guy going, what are the stats? See, the stats are hard to know right now because Duke no longer in the league. Hofstra, number two ranked what, Hofstra, what, what, surging what? ahead of Sacred Heart last night, 19 Clark, to... Clark, I don't mean... The athletic stats. <laughs> now, now I, I'm going to put a link up on SeanTGreen.com so you can see the visual of this guy. I remember he this is video. so excited, so stoked to talk about sports yeah. on the Nancy Grace show. I didn't think I'd get to talk about sports on Nancy Grace. Oh man, he's got his little, he's got a little sheet of paper. He, they, now the producers, they're the ones that really should get in trouble because they have a whole clip package ready to go of like the the teams in the rankings and stuff like that, and of, of the lacrosse teams playing. So here, one more time, just so. Just so you can hear how excited he is to talk sports, even though, hey, we're talking a rape case, but let's figure out the standings first. Last night, 19 to... Clark. Two ranked Hofstra surging ahead of Sacred Heart last night, 19 to... He's like, I... You guys didn't think I was sports center material. I'm over at Nancy Grace. I'm going to show them what I got. Surging ahead. Surging ahead of Sacred Heart last night, 19 to... Clark. I don't mean... The athletic stats. <laughs> I mean the rape stats. Now, first the off, sets- now she should use it. She should use a different word than stats at this time because we're already already in our head. We're thinking, oh, athletic stats go to rape stats. Now I want to think, oh, rape averages, rapes batted in. Like it's you got to say something. Oh, rape statistics. You can't yeah. just go rape stats because my head's still in athletic mode. Because whatever this guy's, he has the athletic clip rolling behind him. Are, are there really race stats? Race no, rape stats. stats. Well, they bring up stuff? one out of four women have been raped, and then, you know, they define what is a rape, uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, boring stuff. But. What would that have to do with this case? <laughs> I'm sorry, Nancy, I misunderstood, but we do have Continue. the rape stats. <laughs> I'm sorry, I misunderstood, but uh, let's go over to the rape stats, okay? <laughs> he pulls out some awful pie chart. That'd be great if he just did the rape stats in it. And just kept his Sports Center S delivery. <laughs> One out of four chicks have been involved in a sexual encounter in which they felt they were taking advantage of. Booyah! The state of New York surges ahead in rape. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, what a better way to intro the guest of the program. He's a uh, booyah would be an adjective that I, or word I would say to describe this man's stand up act. 
Raj Desai. Raj, thanks for being on the show, yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. How you uh, How you doing, Raj? Thanks for coming on the show. You're a stand-up comedian. Yeah. I think uh, that's how we first came to know you, at least me personally. When did you uh, When did you first start doing stand-up? Uh, almost exactly five years ago. All right, nice. Been in the game five years. Yeah. Now, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in, in Texas, near Dallas. In a okay. Arlington, Texas. No, nice. oh, so did I. Until I was 12, I lived there. All right. Kidding? No. <laughs> Where'd you go to elementary school? Uh, Butler Elementary. Okay. And All right. Then, uh, the I loser live, school. I lived by, I lived by Lamar. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you grew up in Texas, and uh, when do you decide to come out to LA? Uh, about uh, five years, basically five years ago. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. Um, March of. Now, 05. did you do did you do any stand up out in uh, Texas before you came out to LA? You know, I did some in college. I went to college in Texas, okay. and uh, it was uh, pretty awful. Um, pretty awful, your stand-up, or the reaction, or uh, both? Both. <laughs> <laughs> well, because sometimes it's different. Sometimes you're like, oh, man, this is really great stand-up, and then you, or, you know, like, if you're like me, you just always blame the audience, but sometimes <laughs> it really is good stuff, and the, the audience wow. doesn't get it, but... Well, let me let me uh, give you a picture of what I was doing. Do you, do you have any old jokes that were really uh, awful? I do. I I I would I, I would say you know I was there was a club there that let me do five minutes here and there and I would say three and a half minutes I spent talking about Dukes of Hazard and the show <laughs> was completely irrelevant by that point in time right and the movie had not yet come out and it was just like why do they build so many ramps in Hazard <laughs> County <laughs> like why oh that could could have gone That's worse why I, don't they fix those doors you know it was just like the most obvious uh, observations about right. The problems with a show that is clearly not real. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't try to present itself as a drama. It's pretty fantastical. And, uh, I remember one of my first early stand-up bits was, um, "Hey, what's up with this uh, milk advertising campaign? Not doing enough word-of-mouth business. Got milk? Probably. If I don't, I'll just take some of my roommates. I mean, come on. Everyone knows about milk. What's What's next? Are they gonna start advertising rice in Asia? <laughs> And then I made fun of, like, oh, got rice? Look at Yao Ming eats it. We get it. We know what milk is. <laughs> I might still use that. <laughs> All right, so you're doing you're doing stand-up in Texas. Now, wh- what did you go to school for? Uh, I went to school. I majored in uh, – my undergrad, I went to school in San Antonio, a small school called Trinity University, and I majored in biochemistry. Okay, so, biochemistry. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So what were you doing for a job when you were out in Texas? Uh, well, I, I graduated from, from um, undergrad. Okay. I had decided I had no future in comedy based on my Dukes of Hazard repertoire. Right, exactly. That's not going <laughs> to work. Then, nothing uh, will. And then I, but I went to law school afterwards. Okay, yeah. you went to law school. Yeah. Now you graduated law school. I did, yeah. All right, so now you're sitting in Texas. You got a law degree. You yeah. got an undergrad degree in biochemistry. Yeah. Very smart man. <laughs> and so what? You start looking for jobs. Do you ever end up practicing law at all in Texas? Uh, you know, um, well, I went to school. I went to I went to law school in uh, in D.C. So I was there, and I, I am licensed to practice in D.C. And I got out, and uh, to be honest, guys, my grades were pretty terrible in law school. <laughs> really? Yeah, they're pretty bad, and I had trouble getting work. See, I assume everyone so, in law school does really well, because oh, you're in law school, well, you got to be really smart. It's a curve. So yeah, you got all those gotta, other stupid nerds yeah, pulling you down. Somebody's got to. So know, you didn't have great grades, and you, yeah. you had trouble finding a gig. Yeah. So then, is that when you came? You were out in D.C., and then you decided, hey, screw this, I'm going to go out to L.A. and do comedy. What what kind of got you out of looking for practicing law? Yeah. Um, I think it was like, uh, I mean, I was basically, you know, 
once you make that decision, I was like 25. You know, I was date, I was graduate, I was dating girl, and I was either like, I was sweet, gonna do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> either I was gonna get the job and you know try to get a job and settle down and do all that, or I was gonna do right. comedy. And I guess I just it just never got out of my head that I wanted to do it. So I, you I think, think you kind of even self sabotage yourself a little bit in that if you had to get a job in law, maybe uh, you could have. If in if it wasn't for the back of your head, like oh man, I really want to do comedy. I, I think you know I, I that is not a awful point i've never thought about it but i think that you might be right that i was like well who cares if i'm getting c minuses i got my dukes of hazard material right exactly <laughs> no, I, maybe that's what i was thinking i you know you could be totally right about that I, I don't well really yeah i mean i your stand-up that. is uh very i could see where you have the law degree very analytical yeah. very uh structured very organized polished so now you decide to just say hey, I don't need this law degree. I'm going to go out to L.A. How does your family react? How do your friends react when you say, guys, instead of pursuing law or instead of pursuing a career in law, I'm just going to go out to Los Angeles and do comedy? Um, You know, I think uh, I think the people that knew me well, like my good friends and my brother and stuff, they I don't think they were surprised that I was that interested. In, I mean, I was just like a huge comedy head, I'm sure. Right. Like, you know, I just was always interested in it yeah so nobody was surprised that i wanted to do it i think they were surprised that i did it because it's such a terrible idea so <laughs> right exactly ways, you know what i mean <laughs> but um and i think my, my parents they, i mean they i mean I, I think my mom was pretty much fine with it but my dad was not that yeah happy. he wasn't super stoked of you <laughs> he was not he was not thrilled to hear hey dad yeah, yeah, law, yeah, yeah. law school nah not really my thing yeah i mean you know what? Like, just in, in my family, it's like people just get degrees, so I was just kind of expected to go to Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you're a smart so. guy, and I, I kind of see that pressure of, hey, what? why not get a degree? Yeah. If you can and the opportunity presents itself, yeah. you almost feel stupid for not at least giving school a chance. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, you're uh, you're out here in L.A. Stand-up seems to be going well for you. I know you taped the uh, Late Late Show. Yeah, I did, I did the Craig Ferguson Show. And uh, and I've done that Comedy Central show live at Gotham. It's like the yeah, that's a uh, stand-up show yeah. where they that's cool, man. Yeah, so I've done I've done that at least. Yeah, well there you go. Yeah. What do you, now? What do you say like when you when you tape that when that's on TV? Do your parents watch? Do you send your your you know, you know clip what's to your dad? Is, what's their take on it? Well, you know the thing is, I told I re, I really did tell my family that I was moving here to do comedy writing. You know, I didn't say I was going to do stand-up. Oh, so, okay. That's what they thought I was doing, you know, which I was. It's not a lie. Right, I mean, I'm right. trying to write that stuff. But and then I got, I you know, the, I was on television for that late late show. They, I didn't find out to that day I was doing it because. Oh like, really? Yeah, like three people backed out. That's why. They, oh wow. Yeah, so take us out. through. How does that go? Because I know a lot of times they'll have like a showcase where they bring stand-ups in yeah. and kind of check it out yeah. and you know get a feel for your material. Now how did that? How did it all come together that day? Uh, well, basically, the the person who was booking the stand-up at that time saw me at a at a showcase for a fe- comedy festival called Montreal Comedy Festival. Okay, yeah. Sure you know, and and I didn't get into Montreal, but she'd seen me, and she's like, "Why don't you send in a tape?" I sent in the tape, you know, of of my act that I would want to do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and um, I mean, I didn't hear anything for like at least four or five months. I just figured, well, that's, Oh, okay. That's so, yeah, that, you just you know? get the Hollywood brush off. You assume, okay, yeah, it's, it's not, not going to happen, and that's fine. And then they called me at, like, 3 o'clock the day of, and, like, can you be here in two hours? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So what is that? Are you sweating uh, bullets then? Uh, I think I was just so 
you know, like the adrenaline was so high. Right. I mean, I was excited. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause, and it's one of those things. If, if it doesn't go 100 percent, you're like, oh, well, he called me last second. I did my best. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I was really excited. I mean, I was just, you know, it was like that. That's awesome. And I was just excited. That's sweet, man. Now, what does your dad say when you like send him a clip? Yeah, well, I, so I sent him an email. I was like, hey, by the way, I've been doing stand-up comedy, and I'm going to be on television. <laughs> right. And uh, and so I, th- I think I think when – actually, when my dad watched that, I think he thought it was kind of cool. Like, it's it's cool. You know what I mean? Like, right. somebody knows on television. It's neat, you know? So I think he – that's when he started to go, oh, okay, I guess he takes this seriously. Like, they don't just let anybody do television. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, theoretically. There is – yeah, I know. It, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird with this whole new media thing. <laughs> you know, you just go, hey, I'm on the internet, and then – for the longest time, the internet was seen as like, oh, okay, that's where people go when they suck and they can't get on regular sure, forms of media. Yeah. But now it's kind of turned the corner where now it, legitimate celebrities are moving over the media, mm-hmm. or I mean, to the internet. The internet's getting more steam. I really think the internet is kind of going to be the delivery method for all content. But and it's yeah. kind of it's kind of changed things up in the sense that. You know, before people had this idea that okay, you suck until you get on TV. Yeah. But now with the internet and you can put up your act anywhere, I think it's kind of it's kind of changed thing as far as uh, okay, whether you're good or not. Or there's not. The, I think back in the day uh, when network television was really big, it was easy to say okay, I made it. I got on the Johnny Carson show. And uh-huh. now things have kind of changed where I don't think there is necessarily that moment as much as it used to be. I, I think that's. Uh... 100% accurate. I think that um, there's so many um, channels to get your, say, your TV credit as a stand-up. Yeah. That when you get one, it's just kind of a nice thing for the most part. I mean, right. But I mean, I'm sure that's very it, helpful you know, for you for booking yeah, other shows yeah, and stuff like that. You say, hey, I'm on TV. Yeah. I have this credit. Yeah. It's better than Instant- not having one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of TV, guys, this uh, this woman was making waves in television. She's on her 25th season. She is the queen of daytime television. That's right. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey is back. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but it's pretty amazing. Oprah Winfrey, she starts off every season with a bang. And this last season, her last season or, you know, on her network show there, it's no different. So I don't know. Did you guys hear this at all? Uh, I heard about what oh, occurred. It is, yeah. It's pretty amazing. So this is Oprah surprising her audience for her season premiere. This is really my last chance to do something really big. <laughs> now, this is you should just have this clip as a married guy. You should just have this clip ready to go when your wife is complaining. Oh, football's so stupid. And just just cue this clip up and go, really? Football's stupid? Listen to these people. <laughs> and if you want to do something big, you would want to take along your ultimate view. The, the video is pretty strong, too. It's just literally women losing their mind. But they Short, don't know what they're getting in. Oh, they, but they know something's coming, Logan. They can wow. feel it. Oh, it's going to be big. It's started to think about where would I most want to go. That's so annoying when Oprah does this. She's a, she's a well-spoken woman. She's been in broadcasting for <laughs> 35 years, and then yeah. she needs to throw this. Oh, man, where would I go if I want to take a vacation? It's like, please, where Oprah. Where would I go? <laughs> Maybe I should take all of you with me. <laughs> the 
like yeah. they're just losing their mind. They she, can't help it. She's, she's milking it. She loves to it. Like a toddler. So she's like, like just jam packed. You want cereal? <laughs> it's breakfast? great. It's great how she just teases it. Do you want me to take you to? And you, you can hear faintly in the background women just yelling anywhere. To the other side of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. This, is, this reminds me of a, of like a speech I would get from a football coach before a game. Like, we're going in a dark alley to fight the other team. <laughs> and then they bring out a giant Qantas jet that's flown by. Um, I'm like, what's the guy's name from? Uh, Jesus Christ. From what? Um, Richard Branson. No, I'm totally losing it. That. The guy from Greece. John Travolta? Yeah, John Travolta oh, okay. comes out on a prop jet. On this show. Yeah, on this okay. show. And then he pops out. He's waving. Wow. Everyone's freaking out. Then you investigate the story a little bit. The tourism board in Australia is totally underwriting this. The tourism board ended up paying Oprah Winfrey. Uh, she got $3 million for this. Are you kidding? Yeah, $3 million that to do this. Sense. Yeah, I know, but I, she gets all this – people fall in love with her. Look, if I had a $3 million grant to give away a vacation, I would, but I don't. I have a free T-shirt to give away, and anyone who wants that free T-shirt, you can email me, sean at seantgreen.com. <laughs> email me your address. I'll pay the postage out of my own pocket, unlike Oprah. Oh, and then the best was afterwards, <laughs> Oprah – <laughs> if that wasn't enough, Oprah, I love how I'm just berating this woman for giving away a free trip to Australia, but after she does this, she decides to talk to Australia. She just it's not, she just addresses the continent of Australia, and I, I wanted you to know that <laughs> it was just the most exciting thing in our studio when we kicked off. I love how she feels like she has the power to just directly address a continent. Our 25th season in the biggest way ever. Uh, I wanted to come to Australia because I've never been, and many times people are in the audience from Australia who I'll say, wait for her accent. why don't you come to Australia? <laughs> this woman is the highest paid woman in entertainment. Oh, wow. Come on. All right, we got a caller here. Caller, you're in the green room. What's up? Yes. Um, just like to uh, you know, ask a few questions. Sure. Who is this and uh, where are you calling from? Uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Okay. And what's your name? It's uh, Aaron. Our Aaron from Cedar Rapids. All right. What's your question, Aaron? Actually, um, you know, you know, maybe you could, uh, you know, give me a little like ideal on uh, like what the topic is or what. We're talking about that. Oprah right now. We're talking about Oprah. Did, did you have a question about Oprah, or do you have a question about the show? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see that one that particular show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you're just calling into a talk radio show just to talk to people? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, generally, so what's up? How's your week going? No, well, generally how talk, Aaron, Aaron from Cedar Rapids. Generally, how talk radio works is you hear something that compels you, or something happens on the show, and then you call in and ask a question about that. Maybe my opinion on something. Maybe my take on what's going on in the world. Or maybe you have a problem. Maybe you have a spurned oh, lover. You need advice. Sorry, dickhead. <laughs> oh, you got oh, wow. got. I didn't think I was being a dickhead. I just wanted to know what the guy's question was. I think he wanted to make a prank call and just didn't know what to do. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. 
amateurs. Let's hear some more of uh, let's hear a little bit more of Oprah in her Australian accent. Let me take your number because you'll be the only person I know. She's describing that people in the audience are from Australia, and then oh hey, I'll 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 get your number. I'll keep in touch. Well, I have heard that it's the ultimate adventure. This is the ultimate <laughs> season for me, so. I decided to bring the entire audience who better to take with me on this trip of a lifetime than some of our most loyal viewers. So my team has been planning this trip now for... All right, and then she just rambles on. But basically, I just found it funny that she has the audacity to just say, Hey, Australia, listen up. I want to talk to you about... Like when I go to... Uh, when I take a trip to Ireland, I don't addr directly address the entire country of Ireland. I realize I'm not taking a studio audience with me, but... A little, little outrageous. Now, uh, he was talking about Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I don't know what their political scene is, but in Delaware, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Delaware Tea Party candidate just got nominated for the Republican. Uh, yeah, she got uh, nominated for on the Republican ballot. You guys see this, Christine O'Donnell? Now, now I'm confused about this. I, I actually thought the Tea Party was going to be a new party or something. Well, I think it's just a subset of the Republican Party that they end up what they do, what they've been doing, is voting in these Tea Party candidates to Republican positions uh -huh. as a way of kind of overthrowing the Republican Party from inside they're, the Republican yeah, they're, Party. They're oh. like super Republicans. <clears throat> oh, okay. Super yeah. ultra conservative. Yeah. Now this woman, she's kind of a uh, Christine O'Donnell here, kind of like a uh, Sarah Palin type, not quite as hot. And she says funny stuff though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. She definitely <laughs> has some funny takes on stuff. First off, uh, let's see. After college, well, yeah, she's a... All right, here, let me get here. Now, when you say funny, do you mean she has a good sense of humor? Uh, yeah, no, she's, I do not. <laughs> she's, she's hilarious. She's, she has analyzed Dukes of Hazard in and out. <laughs> she knows it well. Uh, well, first off, her claim to fame is in 2003, she ended up suing her employer, which was a conservative think tank, for $6.9 million for gender discrimination, and then she dropped it, citing legal fees. Um, she worked as a marketing and media consultant for Passion of the Christ. Um, <laughs> this is great, though. She's uh, okay. So, <clears throat> as she explained to the Wilmington News Journal in 2004, she did quote things she regrets in college, such as drinking to excess and becoming somewhat sexually promiscuous. <laughs> <laughs> Those regrets spurred her to promote chase values and to seek out a national forum to advance related policy aims, such as abstinence education. And they actually uh, they did a little research. The, and they found that Christine O'Donnell, she appeared in one of these sex education things that MTV did. I think I forget the name of the special, but promoting her absence awareness group. So I actually have some of the audio from it, and it's uh, it's pretty awesome. My name is Christine O'Donnell. I am the president and founder of the Salt. The Salt stands for the Savior's Alliance for Lifting the Truth. <laughs> now, first off, I know everyone wants to get on acronyms like ah, acronyms. Great way to sell anything. <laughs> But the salt, that's not thats not a cool acronym. It's not, oh, hey, the salt, that's catchy. Oh, that, that reminds me not to, not to masturbate. And founder of the salt. The salt stands for the Savior's Alliance for Lifting the Truth. We choose sexual purity in our lives. We have God-given sexual desires, and we need to understand them and preserve them to be used in God's appropriate context. We need to address sexuality. Oh, no. oh, she's a freak. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So. And then right as they do this, they uh, they throw into the music bed. What if God was uh-huh. one of us? Sexuality <laughs> with young people, and masturbation is part of sexuality, but it is important to discuss this from a moral point of view. Masturbation is a selfish act, um, and it's a lustful one. And we are to walk with pure hearts, not adulterous, lusting hearts. Listen, if uh. God didn't want me to masturbate, He wouldn't have given me hands and an imagination. All right, <laughs> that's God's will. I'm fulfilling. The Bible is clear in the fact that it says that any sexual act outside of the realm of marriage is wrong. The Bible says that lust in your heart is committing adultery. So you, you can't masturbate without lust. <laughs> I love when people use kind of uh, archaic Bible quotes out of context and then they put it together with their own logic. like, And then they start laughing because it's so obvious. Like, okay, so obviously what God was referring <laughs> it's so obviously he meant don't masturbate like no i don't think that was ever i've read the bible i don't think that was ever cited in there that you don't tell them that masturbation is the answer to aids and all these other (laughs) problems that come with sex outside of marriage is because again it is not dressing the issue you're going to be pleasing each other and if he already knows what pleases him and he can please himself then why am i in the picture (laughs) what is oh i don't know maybe your personality She was also in a um, first working for an anti-pornography group, then taking jobs with the Republican National Committee and with Concerned Women for America, an anti-feminist group. <laughs> Which seems kind of bizarre that you ha- that a woman who's running for office has a background in anti-feminism. I mean, wouldn't that make sense? Like, if she was truly anti-feminist, wouldn't she be at home just cooking for her man and not pursuing a career or having any sort of power? Am I wrong on my definition of feminism? I mean, I don't know why she thinks she'd make a good senator if she's not a man. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) I know I should be at home cooking dinner for my kids, but instead I'm here. And I'm here, and I'm here to change things. I'm tired of doing things. All right. (laughs) It sounds like I'm just being an asshole here, but listen to this. Listen to her speech, and the, the cliche count is off the charts here. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. We worked hard to be here. I cannot thank you enough for that. Ladies and gentlemen, the people of Delaware have spoken. <laughs> That's no such a great line. More politics as usual. Oh, God. <laughs> just keep it playing. Did she say another one right in the Oh, row? yeah. I'm pretty sure. Hope for applause. <laughs> Oh, she's I can't smattering. thank you enough because you guys partnered with me. Oh, we're partners in this. In oh, okay. Stood with me in the face yep. of adversity. Yep. And Liberal media tried to take us down. Here tonight, you believed in me, and I cannot thank you enough. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> I, I want to specifically thank. All of our volunteers, we have an army of volunteers who are committed to a cause greater than themselves. If I could quote Christina, our our volunteer coordinator. (laughs) Please, quote away. Where is she? (laughs) Get over here. That's such another annoying move of, oh, where are you? Get over you. Get over. (laughs) Yo, Logan, get over here. You know I want to thank you. Stop hiding. She has. 
has every single one of your phone numbers in her cell phone. <laughs> so what, what do you think she's going to say now? Uh-oh, you might be getting a call. <laughs> On speed dial. <laughs> she's going to be calling you a lot. Wow. <laughs> if I could quote something that I read from her in, in a recent newspaper article. She said it's more of a cause than a campaign. Wow, and that's deep. That oh really is. All that, <laughs> all that hoopla for that stupid quote. Jesus Christ. Well, that, that's how I live my life. I ask myself, what would Christina from <laughs> Christina O'Donnell's from campaign the, do? From the volunteer organization. It's good I guidance. Lo- yeah. It's good guidance. Her best. I love her asking the rhetorical question. If I can quote my campaign. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Let that go. <laughs> Speaking of politics here. So there was that big, uh, the big hoopla of burning the Koran day. Hey, let's have burn the Koran day, and let, let's take a let's take a look at this real quickly. This was a this was a guy who just decided to say, hey, I'm gonna burn the Koran, and he had 50 followers. I can, I have 300 followers on Twitter, and I'm not even popular. So to say like, oh, I have 50 followers, and then for the media to just come out and, oh my God, this this represents every like the media turned him into a superstar. I agree. Just by even threatening to burn the Koran. Just on that threat. He got a a personal phone call from, like, someone from the State Department. General McChrystal or whatever called him up and said, please don't do this because you're going to endanger our troops. Your church with 50 members is going to cause good old. How do we not just ignore people? And is it really that easy to get attention? Like, can I just come on here and say, oh, hey, I'm going to burn the Koran? Would that give me iTunes subscribers? Would that get people logging on to Shanti Green and clicking the Amazon referral button? Is that all it takes <laughs> to get attention these days? Just threatening to burn the Quran Maybe. and then, ev- and then not way, doing it? By the way, didn't they burn Bibles in Russia during after World War II? Yeah, and you know like what that? happened, Logan? No one mentioned that at no, all. No, Logan, you know what happened? The world ended because that was against God's <laughs> will, <laughs> and he stopped time, and every the our universe came unhinged because a piece of the paper was burned, and everything went to hell, and all those people went to hell. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right, Logan. All those people well, went to hell. Well, Great point, Logan. Nobody masturbated until those Bibles were burned. And right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, they had no idea what was going on. So, anyway, I guess another person had this idea of a burn the Quran day. Once again, the Quran didn't get burned, which really okay. But anyway, <laughs> so they sent down a news crew. Someone had to run in and, and save the Quran. So here, here you go. Here's here's live on the scene of the near near Quran burning. This is a separate Quran burning, though. David Grishin, the leader of an area radical Christian group, attempted to publicly set fire to the Islamic holy book. Snuck up behind him and took his Quran. He said something about burning the Quran. I was like, dude, you have no Quran. <laughs> You really got it. You really got to see this guy also because uh, Logan, guess what kind of haircut this guy has? Guy, I'm guessing the liberal guy. Could I hear it again? Yeah, we'll do, we'll play it again. Snuck up behind him and took his Quran. He said something about burning the Quran. I was like, dude, you have no Quran. I'm picturing our good friend Carl Hess with a fro. Okay, so you're thinking, okay. Because it sounds like he's kind of th- okay. So you're thinking goofy. liberal hippie guy, hippie, kind yeah. of big fun hair. Raj, want to take? You know a guess? what? I've seen the clip, oh, okay. so I know what he looks right. like. Yeah. Adam, you want to take a guess on uh, what kind of hair? I'm gonna say like a faux hawk. 
No, it is as annoying, but it's actually the rat tail. This man who saved the Quran has a rat tail, and he looks kind of like a hillbilly, but he came down and he decided he's going to do one thing. Evolution of hillbillies. He's going to save the Quran. Behind him and took his Quran. He said something about burning the Quran. I was like, dude, you have no Quran. (laughs) Many called Jacob Isom a hero after he took the Quran, already doused with kerosene off a park grill. Okay, now... (laughs) All right. Can we can we stop throwing the word hero around in our society? Let's yeah. save let's save hero for World War II vets, not a guy that saved a book that was on a grill. He just took the book off the grill. I'm more mad than trying to desecrate some sweet park grill. Yeah, exactly. That I just make hamburgers on yeah. you know on a weekend with my friends. Think I, think of the tragedy. Think of all that carne asada out there that wasn't grilled <laughs> because they, they they probably didn't even get a permit just, for this. Don't you guys imagine a crayon burning occurring with like a fire, not a grill? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound anyway. as like menacing like <laughs> like in the parking lot of a shitty church. <laughs> like take that Muslims. Nice oh, like, oh wait, oh no, he's breaking out the marinade. Oh no, <laughs> it's gonna be. More Moist and sold oh. oh man, somebody bought a frisbee. All right, let's play a couple. There's games. one thing I know, and that's Allah hates mesquite marinades. God, these Westerners are just rubbing it in our face with their hickory smoke burning of our Quran. <laughs> That's so funny. Some people put their hands on the grill that he has saturated the book on. You can just turn the grill off. That's how a grill works. (laughs) It's pretty easy. You can just, you know, jug of water, glass of water. It's not that hard to put out a grill. You know what I bet it was? I bet the city has a law against open fires. Oh, okay. This guy was like, let me get the grill so we can (laughs) do this publicly, which is even more hilarious. He doesn't want to do anything (laughs) illegal. He rented the gazebo. He got the permit. He's not going to just willy-nilly light a trash can on fire. He's not an animal. He's a rebel. To burn it, to keep him from burning that and them, you know, and they were willing to sacrifice themselves, you know. (laughs) Sacrifice themselves? It's not like... The guy was setting up the grill and go, all right, I'm grilling something today. It's either the Quran or you liberal hippies, okay? One or the other is going on the grill. Miller tells us he is thankful for. God has a way of intervening when he want to bring a lot of good, you know, from a bad thing. And so we look at this as a positive thing in light of September 11th and the feelings that are going on around the world. We just spoke briefly by phone with David Grisham. He tells us he chose to leave the park in case things got out of hand. <laughs> uh, the guy who starts it. All right, I'm out of here. In case things get out of hand. I don't want Aren't you the guy trying to get things out of hand? Isn't that why you set up a Quran burning and tell everyone about it? My God. My God. Well, big sports news besides the fact that, well, last week, of course, I predicted that Kevin Cobb would be a winner. And I was wrong on a lot of fronts. First off, he got knocked out. He has a concussion. They brought in Michael Vick. And I don't know, not a great start to Kevin Cobb's career as a starting quarterback. So now Michael Vick's going to be in, and he's going to be starting his first game since December 31st, 2006, when he actually played the Eagles and lost. And, uh, yeah, so that's going on. But the other story, the big story in football, is um, this reporter, Inez Seans, something like that. Mm from uh, TV Azteca, female reporter, super hot, super hot Mexican chick, and I guess she went into the Jets locker room to get an interview with Mark Sanchez, and I guess guess things were getting out of hand. Guys were throwing the football around near her, and I guess they were making jokes or, or you know playing around and saying how they wanted to sleep with her. This chick is really hot. She's got a smoking hot body, 
guessing she doesn't know a ton about football. I'm going to go out on the limb <laughs> say she doesn't know a ton about football. And now, I guess what happened was the other female reporters or other reporters in the Jets locker room ended up complaining to the NFL. And, and now the Jets have to take sensitivity training, which, God, I wish there was a Hard Knocks episode <laughs> yeah. showing Rex Ryan being taught sensitivity and how to handle women's sh- issues. The whole show was showing how insensitive they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, point. so now this is her on um, – on the CBS Morning Show, talking about her uh, incident with the New York Jets. Inez Science of Mexico's TV Azteca joins us now. Good to have you with us this morning. Thank you very much. So we've heard a few different accounts. Mm-hmm. Tell us in your words, what happened that day in the locker room? Yes, what happened is in the minute I walk into the locker room, I start to hear that everybody's talking about me and making jokes about myself. But in this... Well, and to clarify, these guys aren't making jokes. I mean, they seriously want to have sex with her. That's, they're not kidding. They, kind of based on her accent. I don't think they're so joking at all. When, when the, you know, when uh, Darrell Revis or someone wisecracks, oh, my God, I totally take her physically and make love to her. He's not kidding. I'm sure he would. Precisely moment, I decided not to pay attention. I was on focus <laughs> on my interview, so I go direct to the locker room. Of- oh, and the real tragedy is we didn't get this interview. The real tragedy is we don't know what Mark Sanchez's favorite hobbies are outside of football. <laughs> Get, let's let's be honest. There, there's a strong correlation between people with amazing asses and people who aren't great at interviewing or public speaking, okay? I, and this chick who has an amazing ass, there's no way she's great at interviewing. It's not her job. Who cares? Mr. Sanchez, and I wait for him. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I believe that the rest of the media start off here, the different kind of things that I didn't hear. And sometimes in, in a minute, uh, a colleague come with me and say, me, I'm so sorry, it mustn't happy. happen, it's terrible, I feel sorry for you. So I try to calm her and say, don't worry, I can help handle this situation. Right. And, and that's it. And I, I don't even try to pay attention i don't even see any <laughs> kind of i believe you don't try to pay attention i believe that i can only imagine how awesome that interview would have been with her like with some little marionettes or something or with cassianettes and then like some like little like, fat mexican clown comes in and sprays sanchez <laughs> in the face with the water or something <laughs> aye, aye, aye. yeah just some awful telemundo shit oh that would have been great i gotta say though she sounds like she was cool about it and didn't care right i i don't even know if she had a huge I mean, problem she, with it she I, seems to be like boys will be boys so whatever look I don't, I don't want to say what happened, but maybe there were other female reporters in there. Perhaps a Susie Colbert. Perhaps I'm not going to name names, but maybe there were some other less attractive female reporters Trump, who complained Trump about it. Sideline reporters, yeah. Moral of the story is it, it, it's funny how we just pick up on this story and and blow it out of proportion, or just now she's a star. Now the Jets have to have sensitivity training. Now everyone has to say they're sorry. They're not sorry. When you when you have to force someone to apologize, they're not sorry. Yeah. And what were they – there's not even any claims of, oh, she was sexually harassed. It was guys saying they wanted to sleep with her. Look, if, if there's one thing that professional athletes learn, it's restraint around women. I mean, those guys are known for that. <laughs> right. From exactly. college and high school. Right. I mean, they were born yeah. – yeah. They're they, always taught that they're, they shouldn't objectify women and that – you know, they think girls aren't just going to come to them because they play college football. Yeah, so that would be preposterous. So, I think NFL is where they got the original rape stats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. What are the rape stats? That's in the, the only way Ben Roethlisberger's yeah. getting in the Hall of Fame, if they factor <laughs> those rape stats in. Ben Roethlisberger. Now, we were talking about Vic, and uh, we were actually talking about this. I was talking about this with Raj yeah. a few weeks ago. 
and we were talking football, and it's weird. I, I defended Vic in the sense that, yes, what he did was wrong, and he should have maybe shouldn't shouldn't have went to jail. I would have been fine with him just paying a lot of money. And you brought up a great point. You're the prosecution. They had this case against him. It was brought to him. How could they not go after this guy? But it it's just what drove me crazy is the lack of moral outrage, I guess. Because when, when Michael Vick went down with the dog fighting with stuff like that, everyone was all over him. There was tons of moral outrage. Yeah. Tons of women, tons of animal lovers going all out, blasting this guy as a total scumbag. And, yeah, he's not a great guy. But meanwhile, Ben Roethlisberger is doing this to women, grown women, human yeah. beings forcing himself on. <laughs> hey, you know – I've said this a million times. One or the other. Force yourself on my dog, not my <laughs> daughter, not my wife. I just didn't see the moral outrage over Dante Stallworth running over a human being. And, oh, okay, wh- where was PETA protesting Ben Roethlisberger's reinstatement? Oh, okay, he's, he's been kind to animals, so, hey, let him go. What about the human animal? That's what I said. <laughs> I know. I know. Sorry, just had to get on my soapbox there. And, and it is a weird point where now Michael Vick's – Looks like he's filling in for the Eagles quarterback, and uh, now I'm going to have to argue with everyone. And present. He's not a good guy, and maybe I'll have to get his jersey. I don't know. I'm really not in a great place right now. Because you don't – not that you want to like a guy. Or, I mean, not that it's like a requirement. Like, I'll root for whoever's on the Eagles roster, but it'd be nice if he wasn't setting up right stands for dogs. It'd be <laughs> nice if, you know, he kept his stuff to the side there. Oh, man. Well, it uh, looks like we're wrapping up the show here. And uh, as promised, Logan, you don't mind this, that uh, Adam's going to be filling in for your haiku? It changed my mind. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay. All right. Adam, let loose. Give us a haiku to wrap up the show. Oprah does it big. A hickory-grilled Koran. (laughs) Sensitive. Hard knocks. Wow. Well played, Logan. Competition. I think that'll be the poll question of the week. Who is better at haikus, Logan or Adam? <laughs> all right, uh, Adam, where right. can people check you out? Uh, Twitter, Legendary Adam. Let's do it. Okay. And uh, Raj, where can people check you out? Uh, all sort, all the major forms of social, social networking. Okay. Uh, Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Raj decide. Yeah. All right. all right. Thanks a lot, everyone, for tuning in to the program. We do it live here every Thursday on latalkradio.com. Make sure you check out shantigreen.com and uh, make sure you get the LA Talk Radio iPhone app. You can get that and you can listen to the show live anywhere you go. This has been The Green Room. listening to The Green Room. Don't forget to check out SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to subscribe today. Also be sure to check me out at DocumentaryLabel.com. I'll be updating it tomorrow.